I'm Ted Baker. This is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 65, the season wrap-up edition for 2023. 5-8, 1-4 in the Atlantic 10. They were eliminated from tournament competition by UMass in the final game of the season, 13-9. Join me, the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Welcome back. Thanks, Ted. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in the last game because we're going to focus more on the season as a whole and looking ahead, but... I thought it was just another real strong, gutty effort by your team. And if I just came in from another planet and wanted to know what college lacrosse was, uh, I'd point to somebody to that game. Yeah, it was a good game. It really was. Uh, and uh, first time we've really been to Garber Field together. And, you know, Coach, it's a unique environment, very intimate, tight. You know, it was loud there. I think they supported their seniors really well. Um and in uh, a tough fighting group, you know, we talked about that in last week's podcast, Ted. We just we have a respect for their physicality. Um, you know, they uh, they're they're chirpers. They they compete hard. So um, you know, and it's just the uh, uh, the the lack of continuity we had um, in an offensive end of the field and a defensive end of the field. You know, it's just kind of the that game in itself is is a is a powerful microcosm of um our inability to play a 60 minute contest all season long and and how our how our tattered bodies fade as the game goes on are you know the the ailments that some guys have you can tell get tired and in turn their their brains get tired they make faulty decisions and um so just um a hard fought game, a, a a good game, and uh, just kind of heartbroken for um, our, our seniors and the and, and specifically the ones that uh, the fifth years and the guys that definitely aren't coming back that you know end on a bad note and and just like to to make the point of um, you know Michael Christensen who you know we we just he he just he just got one of the athletes of the year at our at our. Block H Award dinner, uh, our Styles Award, a prestigious award here, and and you know, one of the statistics I said was um, in the first fifty four games that he competed for Hobart, he started as a defenseman and covered the other team's best player um, in all the first fifty four games that he played in. Uh, the daunting task of you know every single week playing that guy. Uh, whether he did a great job or not, it, that's that that's a great defenseman and, and a great statesman. And then, you know, again, the way the season goes, some simple ground ball drill in the week before the UMass game, he hurts his foot, and in his 55th game, you know, he can't play at all. The game that you know coincidentally would 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 end his journey as a statesman. So, um, big bummer for him. But uh, you know, I think he, there there are telling situations like that throughout the, throughout the course of this year that made that made 60 minute or you know playing full games tougher than it really kind of needed to be it was tough no doubt but i thought it also pointed out what you talk about all the time which is next man up mentality you held their leading goal scorer to one goal without michael christensen and some of those young long stick guys and, and the short stick d mids stepped up and threw the bodies around and and kept you with a chance to win this game yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think you see, you know, Nolan Firth receiving our CRAG Defensive Player of the Year award this year. Just uh, what he's capable of as a sophomore, and you know, he 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 grew into a role that we think um, 
is something that Mike showed he could do early in his career as well, which was take take great players out of their element, make make them have disruptive days. And so he was awesome. You know, Ellis made a bunch of great saves. I'm sure some he wanted to get back. And and ultimately, name after name, I mean, you look at the end of the game where we need a goal, we got two sophomores behind the goal with the ball in their stick, Will Delano and John Jude. So, you know, what, what happens from an injury standpoint, Ted, is you you figure out a couple things. One, Who's ready to play? Who can step in and execute? Who can step in and get tough? Um, whether or not they're playing excellent ball, just knowing that they'll be there in years to come and developing the experience, you need to compete at this level. So you find those guys, and then also you find that fight. You know, it's one thing we sat our team down and said. It's like if we can I'm – not, I'm not sure exactly – how the rest of this season is going to go. We don't have a crystal ball and we can't predict the future, but I can tell you that if we can pin our ears back and stand toe to toe and keep throwing punches and keep throwing bow blows and, and um, the future can be excellent, you know, and every year we've, every time we've had a year like this, um, it's been underwhelming from a record standpoint. And, um, and you get very frustrated throughout the course of the year. Uh, we've been able to learn excellent things about what next steps can look like and what growth can look like. So a lot of young guys stepped up and played. A lot of banged-up bodies stepped in and played for us. So very proud of all that, and and I, I, we couldn't be more anxious. To It's the most frustrating part now. It's not losing. It's that you can't sink your teeth into what you know can fix it because you just don't have your guys on practice field anymore, and you don't have your guys watching film anymore. So that's the most frustrating part is you got to wait and wait and wait. And um, that's just the the reality of being in the arena. So um, we're very confident, Ted, that uh, there, there's some there's some some cleaner pastures ahead, so to speak. In baseball, there's a saying, sometimes you tip your hat to the other team's pitcher. He just shuts you down. I mean, Matt Note stopped 11 of 13 in the second half. You threw the kitchen sink at the guy. I, I know you don't take excuses, and, and sometimes I offer them, and you bat them away. But, I mean, you kind of have to just tip your hat to that guy. Yeah, he's great. You know, bummed that he's coming back for his grand year at UMass. And, uh, but he's uh, he's an excellent player. I think 17 saves on the day. Um, some of them we made look easy. And but others, I mean, they save at the end of the game on John Jude. I mean, what a terrific move. And John does as we asked. You know, you got to dip and dunk this guy when you get in tight, move him high, move him low, and then bring it back high and or do the reverse of that. And he did just that. And he sticks his stick up and snags the ball out of the air. So he's a terrific player, man. He's going to be a tough competitor next year as well. I thought one thing that really symbolized what you were trying to do in that game. We've we've talked sometimes about you talk about doing something and you get away from it. Obviously, a point of emphasis in that game was not to let face-off men run down the field untouched. And and when their guy won a face-off, it was like trying to run across the mass pike at rush hour. You were getting some shots in on him. Yeah, we we're, were pretty persistent on on a lack of execution in the previous two games. Um, if you read our scouting report, Ted, it said literally, we cannot give up any goals from the face-off X. Here's how we execute a win and a possession. We know all that, but the alternative is here's why we're positioning you this way so that they don't score off of this play. That's very important. Here's how we gain possession, but here's also how we prevent a goal. And so from St. Joe's to Richmond to this one, 
uh, you know, we made sure that that message couldn't have been clear. So if that's one part of the game we executed well, then, you know, we're, we're, we're happy with that. As you step back and look at the big picture now, five and eight, one and four in the league, obviously not what you wanted, but going behind the record, what do you see of this season and, and what seeds has it planted for better ones to come? Uh, you know, we see that uh, we've got a great sophomore class that's going to become a junior class. We see that, you know, there are seniors coming into this realm next year that can um, do a great job leading and uh, have a uh, have a very resilient attitude towards what an Atlantic 10 schedule looks like. You know, I think the unfortunate part for our senior or great senior class this year is, you know, you live and you learn, really. That's the, the, the way you, you play in a new league. Um, you know, there are a couple other teams that, you know, had had far uh, different travel schedules, home and away schedules than than Hobart. I mean, Hobart and UMass were, I think, as tattered and 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 broken from from this back and forth. I mean, Richmond plays three games at home in a row against the uh, three other best teams in the conference. St. Joe's plays three games at home uh, in a row, and uh, you know, I think that stuff always comes back to you. I really believe that, and. You know, you look at a disastrous travel trip to High Point and the things we can make changes with there to literally make playing easier for us. We just, you know, that that trip was was t- it was tough for our guys to play well there. And you know, you get St. Joe's at home next year. You get, um, you know, a uh, a different feel. You get UMass at home, yada yada yada. But now you know what goes into these weeks. Our guys, this senior class, can can have that experience and say, "Hey, here's what UMass is like. Here's what Richmond is like. Here's what you know. Those are those are first time games and first time competition elements that, um, you know, even in in a failure uh, from a game day perspective and a win or a loss, you still gain so much uh, from from playing those teams and that experience. And so the seniors coming back. Um, have that under their belt now. And, um, you know, we also have an excellent freshman class coming in, Ted, with, you know, guys that we feel like can be very impactful immediately. So um, we love the elements of of experience and toughness that were grown throughout the course of a very rocky season and, you know, a lot of injuries. And we got to believe that our great creator uh, will put, will, will keep our best players healthy uh, throughout the course of a season next year. And again, we'll look at it repeatedly to make sure we're doing or taking all steps necessary to, to keep this team as healthy as we can. But um, so, like I said, in, in that, in the UMass game and then, and the, uh, and the toe to toe fighter mentality, if, we, if, you know, we had guys in a huddle at the end of a UMass game down three, or sorry, down two with, you know, 40 seconds left, and there was no quit. I mean, we had guys going, hey, I want to be on the ball. I'll double the ball. Let's make sure we shut off, da-da-da-da-da. I mean, so just just so proud of the uh, um, the resilience and underdog mentality that are in these guys. So that that's going to carry – it's going to carry over tremendously in the next season. One last thing about that game. I was a little bit surprised they called the timeout late, and I figured they're congratulating them on a great year and on to the playoffs. And then they come in and they dunk into the open net in the last couple of seconds. Uh, seconds. Does that go up on the bulletin board for next time? Uh, I don't know. We'd probably do the same. I mean, if, if uh, it's not it's not their job to stop scoring, Ted. It's our job to stop them. So um, I don't have any ill emotions or ill feelings towards that. You know, I think uh, – I got plenty more towards some other 
um, some other events of that game or and and far more far fiercer ones in, in different opponents that's for sure so uh, there's not going to be any it's not going to be a lot of love lost go or love lost going into these 810 games next year man I can assure you yeah I, I love this league and I, I mean I think some great rivalries are being born you saw what they did in terms like, like you say the way their stadium is built down in a bowl it's very intimate uh, they've got the big scoreboard gorilla lacrosse all the time and I said boy you know we got to turn out the fans next year and show them what the boss can look like for a game when UMass comes in. I hope so. You know, I mean, I hope the weather permits. I hope our home schedules, you know, much more boss oriented next year. We're getting a brand new field. It's going to be a brand new surface. Um, and we've got to find a way to put more put more fans in these stands, man. You know, and I think winning has a lot to do with that. But, you know, we just, uh, I mean, we got to get our campus and our surrounding community to just see what what type of what type of impact they can have, um, uh, you know, on a home game. You know, there's just there's some home games that that just don't feel like home games. To be honest, they're just, you know, there, there ain't a lot of people there, and it's maybe because of the weather or this and that, and that's fine. But so we got to we got to do our part to put out a better product on the field so that more people can get to that UMass game, more people can get to that St. Joe's game and can, and, and know how much they can impact our victory. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's as honest as I can put it. Even the Cornell game this year, it was okay. Not great. You know, there are a lot, there are some people there. We thought the Richmond game was going to be completely packed and we had heard that and, and the tailgate scene, and there was a decent crowd. It was just, you know, we feel like we can do a better job as a program, getting people more excited for our home contests and and just make them fun family um and just high level across atmosphere so we're we're going to we're going to do our part next year and, and very hopeful that you know we get these great turnouts at at the Boz the way uh, the way it used to be I know that you're not this kind of guy but there must have been some time this year where you sat home late at night and said what do I have to do to have a healthy team for five league games <laughs> yeah you know i i mean I, I wasn't on my knees praying or you know i i know i know the great creator has his own plan um but there was also ted no game that uh, and again maybe i'm naive or maybe i'm a little bit too positive or optimistic there was no game that i didn't think we could win you know so that's syracuse and cornell included so um you know i think um i you know where when when the Michael Christensen thing happened, I'm like, Jesus, that that's just, you know, uh, that's like insult to injury. That's pouring salt into your wound here. But, um, you know, when you lose Chad, it's a big hit. And then, I mean, Anthony went down the first week we were back in January. He was running a sprint and pulled his hamstring, and it's been a disaster since then. So, you know, Johnny went down the first week, you know. So I think that, that it was, I was just numb to it. You know, you coach the guys that – you coach the guys that are healthy, man. You coach the guys that can play. You coach the guys that that are that need to be on the field, and and that's all the guys on the sideline as well. I mean, we just you gotta you gotta move forward. You can't you can't dwell on things you can't control. And when you do, you're doomed, you know. And the and the the psyche and the state of your team is doomed. And that's just nothing. That's no one will that will never be that way here. We'll never go. Ah, he's hurt, so you know. But you know, at at the same time, we know. I mean, if you go back and look at this thing, Ted, and you were to say, 
Johnny's healthy all year. Brad's healthy all year. Chad's healthy all year. Anthony's healthy all year. Adam Shea is healthy all year. Mark Douglas Sanat is healthy all year. Bobby Balter healthy all year. People don't really know what ailments these guys were playing with. These guys were warriors, man. And if they're 100% or even close to, not every team has guys that are 100% after a whole season. But if you're telling me all those guys are playing, all and they're practicing all week long and they're playing in games and that we're going one and four in a conference. I'm telling you, you're crazy. You know, I just, I, I really believe that. So, um, you know, but did we have great guys step up? Yes, 100%. And is it unfortunate? Sure. You know, it was there. I mean, my, my sports medicine staff is almost, they, they were almost chuckling at the end of the season. Like I cannot believe this. And, and it's like, yeah, neither can I, but what are you going to do? Let's go get UMass. Let's put this guy in a different spot. Let's do this and do that and, and do our best to get that victory. So, um, yeah, there was sometimes a frustration for sure, Ted. There's no doubt. But uh, at the same time, I love this team. Uh, I love the depth. And uh, I, I'm just so proud of how they responded to all those scenarios. Well, and I mean, one example is Adam Shea. The guy's a warrior to face off acts. And I, I went straight to the source on him. I got it from his mom. So I know all the things that were bothering him all year. Yeah. Both you see our injury report. He's on the thing like six times: hamstring, hamstring, shoulder, wrist. It's it's like it's like wait, let's just wrap this guy in bubble tape throughout the course of the week. So um, the 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 point is, Ted, it's hard for those guys to play well. It's hard for Shea. I mean, Shea had a, another another good year. You know, he has sixteen ground balls in a Richmond game. I mean, that's absurd. That that's a phenomenal game. Um, but he's he was a shell of himself. He he couldn't. He couldn't compete throughout the course of the week the way you needed to. Right. You know, you you have to be able to play Monday to Friday to get ready to play well on Saturday. Now you don't have to go a thousand miles an hour every single day, but you got to be able to play with your stick work or your footing or the timing of a whistle or whatever it is. And we had guys, not just Shea, that that were like that all season. So it, it is, it, it's a warrior mentality. It is, but it's just it's tough for those guys to perform at the caliber they'd like to um without the, without a proper week of practice. One of the themes that we seem to come back to all year was was the consistency or we emphasize doing X, Y, and Z and we did it for a quarter, but then we didn't do it for a quarter. Do you re-examine what you're doing as a staff or what do you attribute that to and, and how do you get the guys next year to say, okay, when we say we're focusing on these things, we got to do it for sixty. Oh yeah, we're reexamining everything, Ted. I mean, you should. It, it, I would not advise you to come into this office, you know, <laughs> this week or next. Um, we're having a meeting with every single player before they go home, and as a coaching staff, uh, Coach Viss just broke down every goal we've given up, um, whether it's a, a fail clear. A um, a transition goal, a goal where we didn't slide in white, a goal where we didn't slide in slice, a goal where we didn't slide in anchor, a goal where we didn't support an amoeba, a goal that we yada yada yada. Coach Brundage is breaking down every turnover we had, where 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 it was where it was done, the lack of ball movement or the lack of off ball movement in specific games and why and what the message was before that game. Ted, we're talking about every single factor, and um, I don't think the Hobart faithful would be too proud of us if we weren't. So um, we believe that as a coaching staff, the first and foremost and the obvious thing is to to provide our guys a better and more sound forum to pay attention to detail. Um, it's something we talk about a lot. I'm looking at my credo. It's on the wall of my office right now, and it says um, 
Details drive our discipline. Little things matter here. And that was not the case for us this year. And so there's a lot of things that I'd be willing you to call me, uh, even a bad person before being full of crap. And if we're going to talk about these things and if they're printed on our walls and we're going to execute them. And so we, we've already put together a list of non-negotiable activities that are going to get our guys so focused on the details next fall that, you know, not knowing where your looks are in a clear is unacceptable. And so um, for us, um, we're reestablishing who we are academically. We're reestablishing who we are in class, out of class, as we walk to and from class, what practices look like how details are accounted for, how details are handled, and if they're not executed, how we're, how they're corrected. And so, um, you know, we just, uh, throughout the course of this year, had too many examples where those little things didn't matter to us. So um, the most painful part of this whole thing, Ted, is, is, is that there are elements of our identity that were neglected. And um, we're going to make sure that that never happens again. And I think that this staff is very focused and very determined with the roster that we have coming back. It's another positive thing is it's a really good roster. And um, on paper, it looks great. So, you know, I think we're going we're gonna to have to reestablish all those things that can make uh, those A players play like A players on game day. And that leads to the next thing that uh, I've had a lot of fans ask about this. Everybody wants to know, of the players listed as seniors on this year's roster, I know, I again, I got it from Mom, that we, I'm pretty sure Adam Shea is coming back. Who else can you tell us that might be returning from that senior group? Uh, right now, just just Shea and, and Troy. Those are the only ones we know of now. And uh, the other guys are hemming and hawing a bit, and we're uh, – to be honest, uh, fairly fed up with the whole process. And, um, you know, I think the gray area in it is very confusing for these young men. It's very difficult. And um, so we're not uh, um, we're giving them basically a timeline to 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 say and go. And, and you know, but there's also elements of grad school and are they accepted? Are they getting in? And and all of these things, there's lots of factors that go into money. It, I mean, it's 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 expensive, so um, it's not an easy decision. I'm not claiming it to be, but um, you know, we we need to. Uh, this is the last year for this fifth year element, and um, you know, it's one that we haven't figured out yet. If I can be fully transparent with you, um, these last two years with the fifth years, we just as a coaching staff haven't done a great job. We haven't provided them a great balance and, and giving them that allowing them a platform of a gift to open up this last year of competition. So um, there's a couple guys uh, going back and forth, but right now all we know of is uh, is Adam Shea and Troy that are that are committed to coming back. All right, so now what's the program from here on? Uh, is, is recruiting mostly wrapped up at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, for the, for the incoming class, for sure, you know, and, and we're going to love these guys. You're going to love these guys, Ted. There, there's some ball players there. And, um, you know, now it's, uh, we, we basically, uh, take care of half of our rising junior class prior to their rising junior season. And then we handle the rest of their high school season and summer on a recruiting circuit. So we have, uh, we have some money saved and, and, uh, and, um, you know, a platform developed of who we want and who we want to see. So uh, recruiting never ends, though, Ted. I mean, if you know, right. if I can be honest with you, if we're if we're not doing it, someone else is. So, but now we we can get more hands on. We can get to more games. We can see some more things live, and uh, and it's about getting out our guys out the door in a healthy way. You know, we we don't want to, we don't just want this team to leave and be and be bummed and and uh, you know have question marks of why or this and that we we 
we don't handle it that way. We capitalize on on information when it's fresh. So we we bring all our guys in. We're going to have one more team meeting on Monday. We bring everyone in individually and say, hey, you tell us how your season went. We'll tell you how we thought it went. Tell us, talk individually, talk collectively. What were your favorite team building events and why? What um, Which ones didn't you like? Uh, which ones were a waste of time? Which ones you thought were beneficial? Um, you know, how we structured the schedule. What are We take all feedback that we can from the guys of opinions we value the most, which is our players. And, um, you know, and then we, uh, we get them in a good spirit to make sure that they go work hard over the summer. You know, this is, you know, all connected. You have a lousy summer, you have a lousy fall, then you have a lousy spring. That's what we know. If you come back in shape, you provide yourself good opportunity and impacting a depth chart, if not starting for this roster, and then that carries over to the spring for us. So um, we need to get our guys in the right mindset, as bummed out and as tired as they might be. Doesn't matter. It's time to move on. Next season will be here before we know it, and we need to be very prepared for it. So we're focusing on that right now getting the guys out the door properly. And then we're going to honor our seniors the correct way commencement in their senior week and, and, and support them in the transition to their next phase in life. All right. I want to thank the, uh, the parents and the fans for their support of the broadcasts and, and of this podcast. And, and mostly I want to thank you because this has been, this is great for the fans of this program. They get, unfiltered inside information from the coach uh sometimes i try to throw you a bone and and you don't take it it's when when the team wins it's the kids and when they don't you take it on you and your staff and uh, you're a stand-up guy i appreciate this a lot well ted thanks man those are very kind words and i can reiterate our parents are the best in the country um our fans are the best in the country we feel constant support we are always fed i can tell you that much they do a fantastic job with this food and then ted this podcast only works because of you man i mean you ask the right questions um you know you're you're uh, uh you're very supportive uh and uh, you're, you're always in our corner and you do a phenomenal job announcing all these games so our people love listening to you we love listening to you and and uh anxious to keep this going for uh for years and years to come bud all right I, i'm really learning a game i maybe not this week but i do i want to take the next step next year and, and sit in on some practices and some film and stuff and just uh, increase my understanding of what's going on on the inside. So uh, we'll look forward yeah, to doing yeah. that. And we'll keep everybody uh, up to date. We'll we'll have these podcasts uh, from time to time during the offseason as uh, events warrant. Coach, thanks, and uh, looking forward to a great 2024. Thanks, Dad. You're welcome at anything we do, brother.